Welcome to ACC Basketball Report. This is episode number 106. I thank you for joining us after a short hiatus to enjoy the holidays with our families, as well as a fairly sporadic um, ACC basketball schedule. Um, It's been... (laughs) As we expected, a very interesting season so far um, with, with teams such as Duke shutting it down, NC State missed some games, uh, Wake Forest um, had to shut it down for almost uh, uh, five weeks, I think. Um, they have since lost Ian DeBose um, for an indefinite period of time. Tariq Ingraham will also miss the rest of the season for Wake Forest due to uh, his contraction of COVID-19 and, and the recovery process which uh, Wake seems to be taking very seriously. And, um, you know, as this is a free year, this shouldn't impact any of the kids. So better safe than sorry, Um, certainly with with some of the things that we're seeing um, with with heart-related issues or or potential for heart-related issues dealing with COVID-19. Today we got a a great guest for you guys, uh, Deshaun Tate from the Tate's Take uh, Everything Basketball Podcast. you know, I had never interacted with Deshaun outside of Twitter before tonight, and it, it was a fun show. I think it got started off, we were all a little stiff um, after some time off, but uh, we, we came out of it fairly quickly, and I was really happy with the conversation that we were able to have. Uh, Deshaun was a good sport when the gym put him in the bonus, so we all had a pretty good time. Um, speaking of time, if you have the time, join us at Apple Podcast, like, rate, review, share the podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a five-star review and a comment. Uh, let us know how we're doing, um, how much you maybe enjoy or don't enjoy um, the Chimp and I teaming up to bring you ACC BR on what is hopefully from the rest of the season a, a weekly podcast, uh, as long as we can keep it up and I can keep my shit together. Um, other than that, I really hope you guys just enjoy this podcast. I had a lot of fun doing it tonight. Uh, it was nice to get back on the mic, and I look forward to talking to you guys next week, and I will let you know who the guest is as soon as I book them. Hope you guys enjoy it. Here is Deshaun Tate. Farrell turns the key, drives the lane with three on the shot clock. Doesn't get it. Five seconds to play. Down the floor, Akogi! Welcome back to 20, well actually welcome to 2021. This is a new episode of the ACC Basketball Report. Uh, we took a little bit of time off for the holidays. We are back now. It is a new year, hopefully uh, a new attitude and uh, hopefully for hoping for better things in 2021 than we had in 2020. I am joined as always by the chimp. And we have a first-time guest with us today. Um, this is hashtag Where Sports Lives. Is his, his uh, infamous hashtag that he uses all the time, Mister Deshaun Tate. How you doing, Deshaun? I'm outstanding. Hashtag Where Basketball Lives, but I guess it's oh, okay. okay. Sports can sports in general can live here too, as long as basketball is still a sport. It's all good. Yeah, basketball can live here as well. We are a <laughs> a, a basketball primary. Uh, podcast for sure. Every once in a while, we'll get off onto some college football tangent if I happen to have watched Sports Center that day. But for the most part, we're going to stick to the basketball. Chimp, how's your New Year's? How's things going in 2021 for you so far? Well, a couple of days in, uh, things are going pretty well. Um, you know, got the scouting report on Deshaun Dunn, so I'm <laughs> ready, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, uh, a lot of people at work ask me. Says, you know, did you have big plans for for New Year's? And uh, I always call. I, you know, for the last five or six years, I've called New Year's Amateur Hour, 
and uh, maybe the the one big party night of the year that I refuse to go out because it's just uh, full of nonsense. Um, Deshaun, any uh, any big happenings for you on New Year's Eve this year? Any big plans? No, not really, man. I I, I typically just kind of uh, lock myself in the in the room away from all the distractions, TV off, phone off, everything. Just kind of. Uh, I know it sounds a little depressing, but <laughs> really just kind of uh, like myself into basketball mode, you know, just kind of doing some researching and um, uh, keeping my head in the books, you know, trying to see what's coming up, what's, you know, looking at some different programs, different prospects, different coaches, mm-hmm. and just a lot of different things to, uh, I guess, a bunch of boring stuff, uh, <laughs> as I know a lot of people that I know might call it. But you know what? Just trying to stay sharp and working on a game plan for 2021 and how to uh, just achieve the, you know, what, what the next crop of really cool things there is to achieve around the landscape of basketball. That's about it for me. Yeah, and it was actually a good year to stay in if you're if you're a basketball fan because there were some really good games on New Year's Eve. There were some really good games um, the Saturday after New Year's Day. So you know if you're if you're a college basketball fan, you really got a treat this year. Um, as your first time, you know, first time guest for us, Deshaun, I guess tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your work and, and what you like to do and what you like to accomplish. Yeah, man. So uh, I run a multi uh, a multi level basketball podcast uh, called Takes Take. You find it anywhere you find your favorite podcast. That's iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, Stitcher. We stream live on YouTube. We stream live on uh, on um, on, uh, on on Facebook as well. And I like to call it the, uh, the, the the best, the most entertaining, the most educational, <laughs> the most informational basketball content in the form of a podcast. So if it's 94 feet long and 50 feet wide, and, and I always tell people 22 feet, one and one quarter inches on the perimeter for college or 23 feet, one and three quarter inches on the perimeter for NBA, uh, then, you know, we always talk about it on my podcast and, uh, um, uh, I'm originally from, from Lansing, Michigan, so I am a Spartan nice. at heart. Uh, I've been uh, working here in the metro Atlanta area probably for about the last nine years, uh, probably the last five or so, covering a lot of Georgia Tech, Georgia, tons of college basketball in terms of uh, you know ACC, SEC, regionally, obviously, some national stuff, Final Fours as well, preliminary tournaments, and um uh, NBA for the Hawks as well, reporter for the Hawks, and I've been doing that for quite some time. So nice. it's been a lot of fun, man. A, a lot of basketball, a lot of not nearly enough uh, 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 female interaction. <laughs> <laughs> working in such a uh, working in such a, uh, a, a male-dominated field sometimes, but uh, not always the the greatest thing. Uh, watching ten sweaty men run up and down the basketball court all the time. But I tell you what, I I found my own little ways of, of finding interest in it, and uh, it's something I've always kind of wanted to do and have done since I was like ten years old, man. So that's pretty much it for me. Nothing, uh, nothing really outstanding, but uh, that's what I got. <laughs> no, man. If you can find a way to live in that realm and make it work for you, that's that's something that a lot of people strive for, myself included, that aren't able to actually get there. Um, unfortunately, have to to supplement this little hobby with an actual daytime job and that sometimes sure. gets in the way unfortunately but um <laughs> no I, I actually um in, in scheduling you for this show i wasn't aware that you were actually in atlanta um and actually covering georgia and georgia tech and, and all the happenings regarding those two programs so that's that's an interesting revelation for me as we get started on this podcast mm-hmm. um 
I guess, you know, as ACC-centric, we'll try to stick to the ACC. Um, one question I have for you, though, is uh, being a Lansing native, I guess, what are your thoughts on Michigan State? Um, what are your thoughts on... I, I think they're fortunate to still be ranked in the top 25 right now uh, with the new poll coming out today. I think they've lost three straight at this point. Um, Rocket Watts at the point guard is, is kind of up and down. Um, I guess what are your overall thoughts on Michigan State so far this year? Well, you know what? The team's just kind of been up and down. Obviously got off to a really good start at the beginning of the year and beat Duke and Duke, which was probably a really bigger deal than probably it should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumped all the way up to a number four ranking and, and probably the guys kind of reading too many newspaper clippings and things like that and getting too far ahead of themselves. And, and granted, I can understand why they probably had that ranking based on the fact that uh, the teams that were ranked ahead of them had all lost and they are a brand as well. They are mm-hmm. Michigan State for crying all out. So I kind of get it. Uh, but then you follow that up and you lose two games in a row to start out the Big Ten uh, play, and obviously everybody knows that you know that's the best or the most competitive uh, and physical conference in the country. And so uh, you know they're they're while they are not really that young of a team, uh, they relied so much on two other guys that are going on to the NBA now, and, and, and Xavier Tillman and, and uh, Cassius Winston. And so uh, with that, you got to have other guys that you got a lot of players with the same types of mentalities you got a lot of conservative guys you gotta and i don't mean this in in any really really bad way by no means it's just a it's just it's just a cliche that i kind of use but you got a lot of guys that come from two parent households if that makes any kind of sense it does i know what you're saying yep yeah you got a lot of really nice guys and sometimes it's to a fault especially when you're playing under a guy that uh you know, that is a very fiery coach and Hall of Fame coach like Tom Izzo. So from the point guard standpoint, I think that with Rocket Watch playing point guard, everybody knows that they had to have someone to fill that spot. And knowing that Foster Lawyer is not it, quite a bit undersized, probably more of a Mac conference type of player, uh, there is a full understanding that Rocket Watts is not that. Uh, and that he is a scorer and he's there to score right. the basketball. And I don't think all of that is his fault. Uh, but now they're starting to implement a, a freshman in A.J. Hoggard into the lineup, and I think that things will eventually look better. I mean, let's just be realistic about this. Michigan State has always been a ranked somewhere at the top of uh, the top 25 for the most part based off of what preseason rankings exactly are. That is the fact that they always finish strong. They always have a lot of players that are coming back from the year before, uh, and so they fill their schedule up with a bunch of tough teams. They take their losses early. They find themselves in the middle of a pack where people forget about them. And then they're the team that you really want to play towards the tail end of the year because they play football on the basketball court. So mm-hmm. I think that in the end, they will be just fine. But listen, they're in the Big Ten. And Big Ten is just slowly, consistently, and persistently putting together more, stringing together more and more teams that will compete outside of the name Nebraska. I think that that's one of the biggest reasons behind why they're having some of the issues that they are. Um, one of the interesting things with the Nebraska game I found was uh, Marcus Bingham, two minutes played, Julius Marble, one minute played. Um, it looks as if Izzo is kind of making some alterations to his rotation. 
Um, I was I I, I kind of thought Bingham had a future coming into this season. Um, it seems like he's being he's kind of trimmed out right now. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the rotation moving forward for the Spartans? Is this an adjustment that's going to last um, with Watts coming off the bench, Bingham and Marble kind of being set set aside in favor of some other players? Or, 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 or do you think that there's going to be some kind of uh, deviation back to what was working for them early in the season? Yeah, well, first of all, I know that he really wants guys that are going to defend, and that seems like that, that really has been a, a recipe for disaster because it seems like not many guys really want to do that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, first of all, if I'm, if, if, if I'm Marcus Bingham, I probably would have transferred like yesterday. Uh, <laughs> he's one of the guys that, I mean, listen, nobody on the opposite side of the floor during warm-ups are looking over there in the starting lineup and seeing Thomas Kithier and are afraid of that, right, let right. alone anybody else on the team. Uh, and I know Izzo loves them, and I don't know if that's the same kind of loyalty that they have to one another because they both have the same first name or what. But I will say enough to say that, uh, you know, I think that Bingham probably deserves at least a little bit more time. I'm pretty sure that there's some confidence issues and maybe can't be trusted by some teammates. There's, you know, they're, they're kind of challenging him a little bit. I'm not sure how serious he's t- taking basketball. That's not something I know personally. That's just something I'm kind of hearing about going on within East Lansing itself. But uh, I think Gabe Brown, honestly, is the best player on this team. And I know he doesn't always play like he's the purest jump shooter, arguably the most athletic player on the team as mm-hmm. far as the rotations go. He can play a lot of players, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But I do think sometimes Izzo tends to pull his players a little bit too early on top of the fact he has a reputation for not really letting his guys just go. Mm-hmm. Taking the leash off of these guys and letting them get out and run and play basketball. Sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that's a bad thing. It's hard to say right now, pinpoint with your finger, as to what exactly if that's a good or a bad thing, because the players don't seem to really be uh, finding themselves in good positions when he does allow them to get out and run and do it they want to do so uh you know it's one of those things where i'm just kind of sitting back and i'm waiting on finding out who the player is that's coming out of the huddle coming out of the timeout and saying you know what pardon my french but i'm fed up with this shit you know what i mean like let's let's what are we gonna do you know are we gonna barbecue or are we gonna mildew (laughs) Who's with me? Because I'm ready to go to war. So whoever's with me, we're going out here. We're taking the floor. We're going to play Michigan State basketball. We're going to, you know, play defense, not let guys get easy and ones. We're going to make them pay for it and think about it before they decide to come in here against the trees. And we're going to rebound really hard the way that Michigan State kind of uh, established their brand. Uh, when Tom Izzo first took over this job. So uh, it, it's one of those things where he's going to have to figure out exactly who wants and who doesn't, but I'm really not mad at him for putting in freshmen, uh, which is something he typically really doesn't have a reputation of doing this early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, for me, if I had to point to a guy, and he did it against Nebraska, if I had to point to a guy that needs to step up, I, I think it's going to be Aaron Henry would be the guy that I would look to. Um, I think Hauser fits tremendously in this program um maybe a little bit more consistency is needed from him um chimp any any particular thoughts on michigan state before we move on uh yes i do have some thoughts <laughs> on michigan state they're, they're not very good period <laughs> and i was uh actually you know the loss at northwestern did not surprise me in the least bit kind of saw that coming <laughs> Uh, the performance in Minnesota, I was taken aback by just how bad they really were. Michigan State, uh, they just don't take ass kickings uh, like that against Minnesota. 
and they they have a lot of issues that they've got to get cleared up. But I'll say this, and Deshaun certainly knows this being a Spartan, is that you, you just have to trust Izzo that he's going to get it figured out at some point. But right now they are a horrendous basketball team. Yeah, I, that, that's that's strongly worded. Um, I, I do like their pieces. I certainly like Gabe Brown, as Deshaun alluded to before. Um, I, I'm a huge Aaron Henry fan. I, I thought that he would step into that Xavier Tillman role and kind of run with it. That's that hasn't been the case, but he did he did show a lot uh, in the Nebraska game. So maybe that's something we'll have to look forward to in the future. Go ahead, Deshaun. Yeah, sorry about that. I was just going to say, I definitely uh, agree with that. I think sometimes when you have guys like Aaron Henry who tends to overthink a little bit too much, and I think that it shows in his body language, mm-hmm. it shows in his game, instead of just going out there and playing. And listen, they have to realize something, okay? This is big boy basketball. This is Big Ten. This is Michigan State basketball. And everybody that you're playing against is going to have you circled and highlighted on their calendar if for not, no other reason because you are the back-to-back-to-back. Uh, conference, you know, champions, and so, uh, you know, where's the where's the pride? Where's that stand and fight Sparty pride? I'm not mad at Chip for saying what he's saying because it is the truth. And you've got they've been a really really bad basketball team. When you've got a team, you know, you're, you're playing teams like Oakland, who I don't even I'm not even sure if they've won a game yet. If so, they've won one game, mm-hmm. uh, and they scored 91 points on you. Some things are just absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. And so uh, I'm pretty sure that he's having those conversations in the locker rooms with some of these guys talking about Tom Izzo, but uh, they've got to get this thing figured out. Now, the good thing is that they do have some time. However, you're, 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 you're not playing up against, uh, you know, anybody in some of these uh, these lower you know, conferences or anything like that. You're playing big boy basketball. And, uh, you, you, you better come ready to play. I think that's the biggest thing. Start with defense, and then uh, the offense will come along later. But you, you, you got to establish yourself as a defensive team before you can do anything, and that's usually what Michigan State does. So, Absolutely. well, I'll say this. I'll say this about Izzo. Listen, the guy's been to what eight Final Fours. He's won a national championship. Look, Izzo's won. These kids have not won yet. So, you know. Izzo being, you know, obviously a great coach, but these kids are going to have to figure it out, you know. And Deshaun was saying, listen, it starts on the defensive end. Michigan State's a program that's always been known for toughness, rebounding, you know, pounding people. And, you know, so as Deshaun said, the Big Ten is no joke. You you get – they've already had their night off with Nebraska. I mean, you're going to get – you better bring it every – single night in that league because Deshaun's right it is big boy basketball yeah well, one thing that I noticed is that this is definitely a uh, a season in which at least approaching the season and by no means do I want to turn this into a Michigan State uh, basketball podcast oh, I will never let that happen I will never let that happen. you guys want to or anything like that but uh uh, I, I, will, I will tell you this much. I, there was a lot of people that, uh, I, at least I was under the impression that a lot of people were kind of approaching this season as knowing that, not to say that they won't be good. Uh, if you get to a Sweet 16, you'd probably be lucky to do that or, or, or an Elite Eight to be lucky to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, because of the stout recruiting classes that are expected to lie ahead for Sparty, this one is just one that I feel like a lot of people were just kind of, 
you know, just just really looking further ahead. I say, you know what, 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 what we get out of this year is just what we're going to get. I mean, yeah, make an NCAA tournament, maybe win a game, maybe two at most or whatever, but really more so looking ahead to when some other players come along. But, but that was pretty much it that I had. Yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, when you lose a guy like Cassius Winston, I mean, there's going to be some kind of tail off. We've seen it with other programs. Uh, you know, Kyle Guy at Virginia when he moved on. Uh, we saw it at West Virginia when uh, Javon Carter moved on. I thought we were going to see more of it this year at Florida State when Trent Forrest moved on, but Scotty Barnes has kind of filled that void a little bit. But it's certainly when you lose a player of that caliber, you can expect the program to kind of take a, a step back or, or kind of return to the pack a little bit while you break in some new talent. Um, getting back to the ACC... I mean, speaking of things that are a mess, I mean, the ACC feels completely discombobulated this season. Um, the Blue Bloods, specifically North Carolina, have not performed well. Duke has basically shut it down. Um, I think they're supposed to play tomorrow, I think, is, is the game that they're going to play. I, I have to check that. But, um, you know, the I guess, first of all, your thoughts on the Blue Bloods, Deshaun, and how they've performed so well, um, Virgi- or so far, I should say. Virginia hasn't really blown my hair back with how they've performed, though they are, you know, uh, a, a pretty solid record on the season at 5-2. and two. Um, Duke didn't look good before they shut it down, and North Carolina has looked downright awful at points this season. So w- what are your thoughts on those three, and do you have a favorite to win the conference out of those three? Yeah, well, Virginia doesn't blow my hair back either. One of the reasons behind that is because I don't have much of it on top of my head. But outside <laughs> of that fact is the fact that uh, Virginia, just they're not the team that's ever probably going to do that. I mean, they're the defending national champs, and we get that. And they're really young. You know, they, they, they've lost uh, a lot of players off to the NBA going you know, international and pro ball and so forth. And they're paying the price for that, obviously, too. And they, you know, you would never know it by looking at their style of play. I mean, they remind you so much sometimes of uh, maybe like a um, uh, maybe like a uh, kind of reminiscent of Wisconsin, maybe in some cases where they play that really slow down half court offense. Mm-hmm. Or I like to compare them to the San Antonio Spurs of college basketball, and maybe even a New England Patriots. Only in the sense that they have a lot of players on their team who you probably don't know who the hell they are, and you figure well, how do they win games? But the biggest problem is always going to be the fact that they can't allow themselves to play from behind mm-hmm. you get up 10 points on virginia and then it's a whole different ball game you can pretty much uh, get ready to add a number to the left side of the result column for the opposition but i think if anything will be just fine despite how much they've been struggling virginia is one of them just because they will force you to play their brain regardless right. uh when you have a team like duke you said like you know they pretty much shut it down uh for the year so far and i'm not sure how much that's really going to help Coach K and, and, and his club, uh, I'd imagine that they're practicing their asses off right about now, but probably kind of tired of, you know, listen, when you're under the lights and those whistles, it's something totally different than it is practice. You're playing them against teams in a different color jersey. Uh, but they, I'm not sure if they really needed this much time off, uh, but I'd be, I'm really interested and intrigued to see exactly what they do with this much time off and right. see them on the floor again. And if they don't do so well, what kind of excuses that we might end up hearing because of that. <laughs> um, but even more so, you know what, that's always going to be a coach that you're never going to count out. He's arguably or inarguably the best coach in college basketball history, certainly the best coach in college basketball right now actively. Uh, but it's been a struggle for him. And I think this is where taking a page out of Coach Cal's book, 
with the one and dones is kind of catching up with him just a little bit. Uh, Jeremy Roach has been a disappointment. Window, uh, yes. window four, he just really hasn't shown to be much of anything. And you're lucky to be getting what you're getting out of Matthew Hurt right now. And that's just up until this point. Now, as far as North Carolina, the only bright spot, honestly, outside of uh, R.J. Davis that I've seen is Kido. I think is going to jump up the draft boards like nobody's business. Big kid named Dayron Sharp. I yes, think sir. he's really, really good. Really physical, big body. I love how he gets after it. And he is essentially that type of guy that I think that Michigan State does not have. That guy that's fed up and going to say, we're going out here and we're going to get this money. Uh, this is a crazy... I couldn't imagine North Carolina following up how bad things were last year, finishing in the bottom of the pack the way that they did this year. This Caleb Love guy has probably been a huge disappointment more than anybody to me. kind of reminds me of Nasir Little uh, and everything with that fiasco that happened when he was there not too long ago. So that's just my takes on a couple of the Blue Bloods within the ACC. Yeah, I was, I was a huge, huge Caleb Love guy coming into the season. And, I, you know, I thought with, with uh, you know, Puff Johnson, who is, who is Cameron Johnson's younger brother, um, you know, with him coming in, uh, with Kerwin Walton coming in, who's a uh, has a, uh, a reputation as a very good shooter. I thought I've always thought Leaky Black was a better shooter than he's always shown us. And you know, between those four guys, they just they cannot shoot. It's amazing. I mean, even Andrew Playtech really can't shoot. I mean, he'll he'll put him up with with reckless abandon, but. I mean, R.J. Davis is the only guy that when he pulls up from wherever he's at on the court, I'm like, all right, that's not a bad shot. But any of these other guys, I'm kind of holding my breath. Uh, you know, they're just not giving this front court room to operate. Uh, you know, they're giving opponents opportunities to pack it in the paint and just kind of dare them to shoot. You know, even even in the Georgia Tech game, they shot pretty well from outside, but they still could. Then they couldn't play defense against Georgia Tech in Atlanta, which was kind of crazy to think. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just I haven't been impressed by the Blue Bloods. Um, I was on a podcast last night where they asked me to rank, you know, the ACC teams. I still put Virginia at one simply because I think they're going to be able to impose their will. And the other two options, I think, or the other three options out there, I'm not real sure about. Um, before we get into the kind of the next tier, Chimp, any any thoughts on the Blue Bloods from what you've seen, or, or any kind of opinion on any of the three teams we just talked about? It's a uh, shame that Carolina has no shooters because when you have the big kids that they have, if you have some guys that can open things up, uh, it would make their life a lot easier on the offensive end. I know that. Uh, Duke, I don't even care if they lose every game. Uh, <laughs> hearing uh, Deshaun compliment Coach K, I just wanted to throw my phone across the room. Uh <laughs> Uh, Virginia, I've watched them a couple times. To me, this is just Tony Bennett's teams playing the way Tony Bennett's teams play. They're just not that talented. I think Huff's a good player. I'm not a big Kihei Clark guy. I don't even. Morsell has been a total disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, bottom line, the, the league's not very good. And, you know, you start at the top and just work your way down. I mean, the league's just not very good. Yeah, I, the the whole Sam Hauser um, ACC preseason player of the year stuff, 
just seemed a little bit far-fetched to me. I, I, I could have got behind Jay Huff. Um, eventually, I just went with Garrison Brooks. I thought he was this kind of the safest option in a system that would really work for him. Um, unfortunately, all of us have basically been wrong. And it's been a kid from that transferred into the conference from Wofford that you know averaged single digits per game in the SoCon that has become basically... The, the best and most consistent performer in the league, and that's Keve Aluma for the currently first place Virginia Tech Hokies, which I never thought that I would say. They've done most of their damage without Jalen Cohn, um, who is back and who is shooting triples like a madman, as, he as we knew he would in a Mike Young offense. Um, Louisville currently sits tied at the top of of the ACC standings um, with arguably the best backcourt in the country with Carly Jones and David Johnson. And then I think Clemson has been maybe the most impressive team in the ACC so far this season. They have six power six victories so far. Um, neither one of their, lo or their losses to Virginia Tech in Blacksburg in a game that, that could have gone either way. Um, I think Virginia Tech is probably the best of the three if I had to pick one. Um, Clemson plays defense almost like they're trying to imitate Virginia. And, and I think Louisville is tremendously deep, tremendously talented. And once they get healthy, they're really going to be a force. But when you see, the, when you look at these teams, Deshaun, do you think that any of these three teams can actually compete for an ACC championship? Or do you think the Blue Bloods will eventually get it together? Uh, I think they can. If anybody can, I think that that team would probably be Louisville. Uh, just because they have the best balance of defense and some offense. We don't know if they look like just yet completely healthy, uh, but they um, are a team that is obviously very well coached, and I trust their coaching more than I do of, of the other teams mm -hmm. as well. Uh, and and they, they just feel like a safer bet because they are Louisville in comparison to uh, to Clemson and to Virginia Tech, but and I'm not overly impressed or blown away by Louisville by any stretch of the imagination either. But uh, I do think that they are a solid team. I think that they have obviously some weaknesses, much like any of the others. Uh, but I, I'm not sure that I'm really ready to say that they would be the ones instead of Duke and North Carolina. Uh, I, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I know that this probably isn't the most popular thing to probably say, but this thing is probably so wide open, dude. I don't know who the hell it's going to be at this point. Right? No, I agree. I mean, 100%. It, kinda, it kind of had that feel very. And, and I mean, first of all, that same conversation could be said. It feels like the Big Ten right now, just mm -hmm. in the, a complete opposite kind of way because they're not as good. Uh, you could say maybe the same thing about the Big 12, where we're not really sure if Texas is really the deal, or right. Kansas, yeah. or whomever, whomever it is, Baylor, whomever. Uh, maybe the same thing could be said about the Pac-12, where it might look like Oregon, but who knows who else might sneak up in there. So uh, this is, in, in, instead of complaining, I know a lot of people say, well, college basketball is really down here, and this and that. I tend to try to kind of challenge people to embrace it, because that's what? We're not having to wait until March to get madness. That's right. Not only have we gotten madness since, you know, November, December, uh, but we've had the opportunity to get madness, if you can remember, all the way from the beginning of the year last year, mm -hmm. where there was so many, you know, guys, uh, so many teams that got up to number one and couldn't hold on to it, really didn't have a really good feel of who's the best team in the country, who was going to win the national championship, and so forth. And obviously, the pandemic happened, but. 
this is just one that I like to embrace because it just challenges me in a little bit of a different way. So I, I really like it a little bit. It's yeah. different. I mean, if if madness, if there's not enough madness for you in the Virgi- <laughs> in the Virginia Tech Hokies beating Villanova in the in the second game of the season when they don't have Jalen Cohn and Keve Aluma. Uh, a transfer from Wofford dominating Jeremiah Robinson Earl on the offensive end. I, I don't know how much madness you need in your life to be satisfied because that's madness in 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 early December. So, and Virginia Tech did it last year by beating Michigan State. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, <laughs> Mike Young is good for a little bit of madness early on in every season. Um, <clears throat> Clemson, uh, you know, I, I wanted to hit on them specifically. Currently, one of the best defensive teams in the nation. Um, as I said, more than a handful of Power 6 victories so far, though some of them not as impressive with Mississippi State and Purdue kind of mixed in there. Uh, are, are you simply not buying Clemson just because they're coached by Brad Brownell? That's one huge reason, yeah. I'll be honest with you, that it is. I mean, when you watch what they were able to do last year with beating Carolina, I think it was like at Carolina for the first time. What was it, school history? Or yeah, first time. Whenever ever. that was. Yep. Uh, and, and they actually gathered up some really good wins. I don't know if they beat Duke last year. I feel like maybe they did. I can't remember. But nonetheless, they've been putting themselves in really good position to be in consideration for uh, being uh, an, an underrated team and mm-hmm. an, an impressive team within the conference. And I'll be honest. I mean, listen, it's just hard to take seriously. <laughs> like, you've got to show me. I mean, that's just the vibe. That's the energy that I feel from Clemson. If somebody says, hey, you know, would you take Clemson right now to either not make the tournament or to get to the second round uh, or, or or the second weekend of the tournament? Not make I'd the tournament. I'd say that they missed the tournament. That's right. If, you, if we said to win, if we said to just win one game in the tournament, I think that that's uh, that one's a little bit more tricky. But I would still be considering, depending on the matchup and the draw that they get, that they would not make the NCAA tournament in that sense. I'm not trying to completely. Uh, pound them, but one thing that I think that they are doing very good at is taking advantage of the other teams in the league being down, and you have to give credit to that, if not nothing else, because they put a string together of some really good wins, if not nothing else, some really good, decent ones, if not nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did they did beat Duke at Little John last season. Um, Chimp, have you seen Clemson? Do you have thoughts on Clemson? What, what, what's going on over there for you and the Tigers? I have seen Clemson multiple times, and I'm going to go ahead and I don't know what Brownell's contract deal is, but I'm going to make the prediction he, he's going to get an extension. Ooh. And I, you know, I don't know how people will react to that, Not but well. I like Clemson. I do, and I'm going to tell you why. Is because of what you said. They defend, okay? And if you defend the games I'm watching – uh, a lot of which have been very tough to watch. But, Deshaun, I am thankful we have basketball, so I'm not being negative. But I'm just saying, <laughs> this environment, if you defend well and you give yourself a chance at the end of the game, they're going to win their share. And I, who, what's the big kid's name? Is that Amir Sims? That's Amir Sims, yep. Mm-hmm. I like him, and I like the, the uh, P.J. Hall, the freshman. I like him. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Think, I think their guards are okay. So I, I'm, I'm buying Clemson here. Yeah. I am. I, I think I, I, I kind of like them. Yeah, Brownell received a six-year contract extension in 2018 that runs through 2024. Um, last year, 
uh, Clemson fans were not happy and were looking to show him the door, which it was way too early <laughs> in that extension, obviously, for that to happen. Um, okay, well, may- maybe I'm wrong about the extension. My apologies. Well, no, I mean, if, if he continues on this trajectory, I mean, simply for the continuity of recruiting, you know, in the future, it's it's nice to for to give your coach that kind of safety blanket to say, you know, this is our guy, we're committed to this guy, and he can convey that to any recruits that he may be chasing for, you know, down the road for 2023, 2024. So, um, no, I think it makes it, it does make sense from an, from a, I'm sorry, I apologize, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, it does make sense uh, to maybe start renegotiating, especially if he has a really, really good year. Like I said, taking advantage of some of the other teams around the league being down. I think that what he has done uh, is what I think a lot of people or coaches are, are starting to realize that you have to do in college basketball right now is to get old and stay old. Mm-hmm. We've heard that so many times over the course of probably the last few weeks. Uh, certainly down here in Atlanta, Josh Pascal Absolutely. Multiple, yeah. multiple times. Uh, but, again, this is kind of where you're seeing, you know, maybe Coach K kind of somewhat in his own little way without telling anybody, of course, uh, regretting some of the one-and-done stuff, at least so much of it. Uh, it seems like Clemson kind of took not getting Zion Williamson personally. A yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When when uh, Coach K's back started hurting and he was uh, notably seen in Spartanburg that evening, um, you know, I, I and I, I'll tell you one thing. Let's let's not let's not fool ourselves here. In the city of Clemson, football is king, and if Brad Brownell has done anything um, with Clemson basketball. He has kept the stench of the FBI, the stench of any recruiting violations, the stench of anything off of that program that may draw prying eyes to that football program, which is obviously the big meal ticket in that town and at that school. And, I mean, you saw how they reacted to, uh, what was the uh, the assistant coach's name? He's at Florida State now. Um, but I, I want to say, Steve, what is it? Steve something. Steve Smith. Steve, oh, Steve Smith? Smith, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as soon as word came out that he was bad mouthing Dabo, he was gone. Um, now I'm sure the Seminoles are glad to have him. Um, he, from what I've been told, he's a fantastic assistant coach. But you know, Clemson football is king. Brownell doesn't make any waves. He's winning. He's not drawing eyes. And I'll tell you one thing: Dan Radakovich has no interest in basketball <laughs> at all. He's a football guy through and through. He likes to build big structures and support the football team. I know that from his time at Georgia Tech. And if it, this is the same comment that I made three years ago when they went to the Sweet 16. I said they're going to sign Brownell to an extension. It's going to be a mistake, and the fans are going to hate it. That got me banned from their Twitter account. <laughs> it's been that way ever since. Um, but it's the truth. That's just how Radakovich, you know, kind of operates. Now, Radakovich is a pretty well, smart guy, but he's also a football guy. I would add <clears> this <throat> as well, and you mentioned it, Michael, is the one thing, Brownell seems to have good kids in his program. Yes, yes. You, uh, you, you know, Amir Sims, uh, good leader. Uh, you just don't hear about those kids getting in trouble, doing it. You know, they, they seem to be a very cohesive bunch of kids, so there's something to be said for that. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I, you know, I did a I did a interview with uh, P.J. Hall's, family specifically you know speaking to his mother and his father who's a referee at the college level i believe um when he kind of trimmed his list down to five to five schools and we kind of did a sit down you know via email 
Um, and, and we had some correspondence there. And I mean, he comes from a solid family. He's going to be a solid player for that for that program, absolutely. So, you know, I, they absolutely have some really good kids in that program. I follow Amir on Twitter. He's always very positive, very upbeat, very you know, just great leadership qualities from him. So I agree with that a hundred percent. Going to your current location, uh, Deshaun GTAC starts zero two. Um, I can't believe what was coming out of my mouth last night on the ACC Weekly podcast, where I kind of defended the zero and two start. Um, you know the way that, but you know the way that Passner kind of started the season practicing was kind of inexcusable with no contact. You go to four overtimes with an intercity rival in Georgia State, and then have to turn around and play an interstate rival in Mercer. Um, two nights later, after a four overtime game, I can kind of see how an zero and two start happens. Since then, they're 6-1. and one. Um, Moses Wright, for me, has been incredible this season. Jose Alvarado's playing the best basketball of his life. Do you think this is a tournament team, and what do you think of that 0-2 start? Yeah, I, I definitely think that they're a tournament team. I'm not ready to whip my Sharpie marker out and <laughs> kind of insert a tournament team here or anything like that. But uh, I think that they have a really good chance. One of the reasons, after the fact that they finished in fifth, uh, last year, for the most part, I uh, got everybody coming back except for James Banks. Uh, you know, they, 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 they've gotten off to a rocky start, and obviously they look really bad. And I was like, man, I mean, this is a team that I thought was going to definitely finish within the top four or five of Me the too. League. Me too. Uh, but we haven't seen much of that at all. And Moses Wright, probably the most improved, and arguably, I mean, hell, at this point, could be in the conversation for, for league player of the year almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, but they got old and they stayed old. They stayed old and that's what Josh Pastor really wanted. I mean, I really liked Michael DeVoe. I think he's the best player on this roster. Yep. Uh, and I think that he still has so much more to give. And I'm not the biggest Jose Alvarado guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not always in love with New York point guards sometimes. But mm-hmm. one thing that I am in love with is uh, his leadership abilities and capabilities. Uh, he is the glue that kind of keeps that team together. He is uh, that vocal leader for that team and the heart and soul of it. And I can only do nothing but have a huge amount of respect for that because every time that he, you know, laces him up and gets on that floor, uh, it, it, it just he just has that 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 oomph about him. Uh, that says, you know what, I want to win at all costs, and he's willing to do all the little things, and he leaves it all out there on the floor. Uh, I think that they will ultimately need a little bit more help off the bench at some point. Yeah, They are one of the teams that I think benefited a little bit from the pandemic situation because they were the team that uh, did self-impose. So before the NCAA you know, dropped the hammer on them, they dropped the hammer on themselves, mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it counted as a year for them, not against them, but for them, uh, without having, and nobody got to play in the NCAA tournament anyway. Uh, so that actually right. kind of somewhat benefited to them a little bit. Uh, but this year, I, I like to think is one that they definitely got to get because the expectations are a little bit higher, at least for me anyways, to get to the NCAA tournament. If not, I can only imagine that uh, Josh Passner's days would probably be numbered sometime really soon Mm -hmm. if not you know after this year definitely after next year the event that they don't make a run because i really don't believe that getting to the nit championship game is enough 
for him. They've been doing a pretty good job at uh, not just recruiting in general, but and again, not a great job, but a pretty good job. Uh, and also getting some transfers and bringing some guys back, Jordan Usher amongst a few others that are originally from Georgia and went to play elsewhere. Kyle Studdard and two guys that went to USC and came back over. I'm glad to see that uh, they decided to come back you know, to their home state and try to contribute to putting something really nice together for Georgia Tech. I really wish. When you start thinking about these different programs and college basketball that just aren't what they used to be and is what made college basketball what we grew up falling in love with, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech was one of those types of programs. I'd certainly like to uh, keep my fingers crossed, toes crossed, eyes crossed, everything crossed. Uh, that they can kind of get back to that in some form or fashion. Yeah, and shout out to uh, whoever made the decision to bring the uniforms back for last night's games. Those are my some of my favorite uniforms in Georgia Tech history were the ones that they were wearing last night. Um, mm-hmm. I also, I love the Kyle Sturdivant mention. Um, his play over the last couple weeks has, has made me a little bit more comfortable with a post-Jose Alvarado Georgia Tech. So um, you mentioned some recruiting. Debo Coleman coming in, who's a legit... Um, uh, scorer and shooter from the outside who will step in immediately uh, to the perimeter and, and give them a helping hand. Um, Chimp, I know that you have an opinion <laughs> on Georgia Tech and Passner as well. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the Yellow Jackets so far, and what do you foresee them accomplishing as the season progresses? It's nice to uh, see them bounce back. <clears throat> because the start was obviously uh, quite troublesome. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, I, I like their team. Uh, I would, a couple things, I would like to see DeVoe be a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, an excellent shooter. Kind of plays a little bit too slow for me. Uh, I do like Alvarado a lot. And I'm going to make a comparison here, and I want Deshaun to comment on this because he <laughs> may just laugh me off the call. But that dude reminds me a little bit of Patrick Beverly. Just got a little – the dude's just real. Yeah. Gets after people, plays hard. You mentioned he that dude it wants – he just wants to win. And, and I don't know if he's as big as Patrick Beverly. No, he's probably he's not. not. But that, that, that just kind of keeps going through my mind. I don't know why, but – I think Tech's going to be fine. Uh, they're obviously, and you know this, Michael, they're going to end up losing some games they shouldn't lose, mm-hmm. and they're good, they're going to win some they probably you wouldn't expect them to win. So uh, I think whether they're a tournament team, uh, who the heck knows? I'll leave that to you experts. But I do. I think Pastner's kind of got it, you know, got the ship righted up there, which is good. I mean, Alvarado's a kid that that hit a jumper and then stepped over Joel Berry in Chapel Hill as a freshman. Um, I mean, that kid, that he, he, you know, he was winning hearts and minds in Atlanta at, at that moment during his freshman season, so I've, I've been a big fan ever since that. Um, well, I know Deshaun, Deshaun knows a lot more about the NBA than I do. Mm-hmm. So oh, me too. I heard yeah. the, I heard the uh, inside the NBA guys they were talking about Patrick Beverly one night, and I was just rolling laughing because they called him real. That dude's real, man, and Alvarado, to me, is real. That guy, he, he just plays with such energy and heart, and, and I, liked, I like it. I like to watch it. Um, one, if, if you're a Jose Alvarado fan, I've mentioned it before, I'm sure, um, one fun video that you can look at at the internet is he's playing in a streetball tournament sponsored by Carmelo Anthony in New York City a few years ago, and he's on the perimeter, and he's just having a hell of a game, and at one point, he bounces the ball 
directly off his defender's forehead. It comes right back into his hands, and he goes right down the lane, blows by him, and lays it in. The player that he actually bounces the ball off his face is actually Jalen Leck, who was a former North Carolina State recruit currently playing in the NBA. So that's kind of a fun video. If you want to go ahead and look that up, maybe I'll tweet it out later. I've tweeted it out before. Uh, um, moving on to some teams that maybe I expected a little bit too much from. Um, Miami, Chris Likes out with a high ankle sprain. Deshaun, do you think that this team can do anything substantial without Chris Likes? And given kind of what they've shown in the past, can they actually do anything substantial with Chris Likes? No, I don't. Okay. Actually. Uh, I think that they're more. I think if they had him at the beginning of the season, they could have actually, you know, made a little bit more noise. I just, I really believe that it's not going to be enough, even when uh, he gets to a point where he's coming back. I mean, this is a team that Isaiah Wong is leading scorer on the team, and while that wasn't expected, I'm not sure if he was really ready or prepared for that necessarily. But I don't think he can really. Uh, make up for all that will be needed. I don't think they have enough guys on the roster that is prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that the transfer from Oklahoma and Cam Gusty is one guy that does bring some much needed experience. Yes. It just doesn't really seem like he took his game up to the next level with that transfer. I mean, Arnold Beverly, I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not necessarily in love with, but I do really like him. Uh, and, and I like the, the moxie that he does play with. Uh, Dean Gack is a guy that they thought that they were going to be getting. I mean, this just seems like he's on the IR more than anybody else I know these days. Absolutely. Uh, and that's really not helping them a lot. Earl Lake was the guy that was coming in. I thought that, you know, everybody was raving about and maybe not, you know, freshman a year in the ACC, but certainly would be in that conversation. Maybe that wouldn't surprise some people. And, you know, he's been, you know, on, on the IR a little bit within his own self. They've just got injuries after injuries, uh, and it's just too much to cope with and deal with. And even a guy like Chris Likes, listen, I like him. He's a, a very electric player. He's very, very entertaining. Everybody always kind of pulls for the short guys and things like that. <laughs> Uh, but I, I just don't think that uh, even with him would have been enough. I mean, in the ACC year like this, where everybody being healthy, you might be having a different conversation. But I don't think that you're helping yourself out very much, uh, and, and it's just, it's really a bad look. And they're probably looking forward to next year by this point more than anything. But listen, Likes has a heart. You start talking about the heart of. Jose Alvarado, I mean, likes has much of that same yep. uh, in, in him as well, you know, and he's, he's not going to be looking like this is just going to be a bad year and chalk it up as that in his very last one. He's going to be coming for blood when he comes out. I think the biggest thing will be, will he be one of those guys that come back and, uh, you know, shot selection might be kind of questionable and or maybe not get his teammates involved because he's starting to kind of realize that this is a team that's not going to be uh, worth mentioning in the same breath as postseason. So he's going to be kind of getting his shots, looking forward to what his post-collegiate experience will look like. And that's one of the things that probably concerns me more than anything with this team. Um, moving forward, I guess, what is kind of, kind of what's your expectation for the league as far as the amount of tournament teams, um, specifically do you believe that North Carolina State can continue their semi-high level of play? Do you think North Carolina can turn it around and have any kind of success in March? I guess, you know, what kind of what kind of uh, ceiling do you expect from the ACC when we get to March Madness? Yeah, I think that the 
I think NC State can sustain. Uh, the problem with them is, is much like Chimp was saying, is that they're much like Georgia Tech in terms of being that team that's going to, uh, you know, probably lose some games that they shouldn't lose or win some games that most people think that they wouldn't. That's just the kind of vibe that I get from them. Yep. Kevin Keats is a really, really good uh, uh, coach from an X's and O's standpoint on the clipboard, and I think that his players relate to him very well. Uh, sometimes I'm curious as to how good his players really are sometimes uh, and just taking it up an extra level. Uh, and nonetheless, this is the this is the opportunity for him to do it. I mean, he came over from what I think Wilmington and brought players with him. And while he was somewhat successful, it still wasn't that long ago where he scored like his team scored like 24 points in a game or something like yes, that. Yes, sir. And it, it really kind of made me want to vomit all over the place. And I'm trying my best not to think about that anymore. But, uh, but that sticks out. And I still think that there's some of that left in this kind of NC State team. Uh, but being able to beat your in-state rival, I mean, that's a really good start to, and that's not just any in-state rival. That's not Wake Forest. I mean, that's not, you know, that's North Carolina on the other side. So that looks really good. This is, this is the time to go ahead and, 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 and maybe make a run if you're them. And I think that they definitely have something within it. Now, there's another team that we really haven't talked very much about. You kind of forget about them in general. You kind of forget about the fact that they're in the ACC. That team is Syracuse. Like, when we start talking about blue blood programs, mm-hmm. that was one of them that we kind of left out, whether you consider them a blue blood or not. But uh, they haven't been great. I mean, it's just kind of like they're an afterthought now at this point. You know, in terms of what teams may get in and whatnot, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't think that there's a team that's not named probably Duke and Virginia. Uh, and I, I don't think that there's a team outside of those two that I would feel like is a lock. And I, I, I use that term very lightly because – you know, Virginia is going to have its struggles, and they're in the midst of them early. And uh, and and thank you. I mean, who is their best win at this point? I mean, is Notre that at Notre Dame on the road? Outside of that, I mean, who do you have? Bellarmine for crying out loud. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we 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 there's still so much uncertainty, so much we don't know. Who's going to make it in? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm not really sure what it's saying in Virginia Tech. You know, obviously they're going to be a team that's going to try and shoot lights out from three if they're not making them. I think there's a huge problem that they have, and people will probably question if they should even be in. And, uh, you know, I, I do think Georgia Tech will get in. I mean, Florida State is where you never want to count out, but they've lost so many players, it seems like. Yep. Uh, and, and But you never want to count them out because of the great job that Leonard Hamilton always seems to do. Clemson, I mean, are they a lock? I'm not sure if I'd really call them a lock. You so never call Brad Brown a lock. Never call Brad yeah. Brown a lock. Yeah, I mean, why y'all why are y'all busting on Brad Brown, Ellen Clemson? Man, they're a lot. I'm getting in. <laughs> six, how much six of a big <laughs> Explain to me. You have to explain to me, Chimp, exactly why you are the believer. More so, why I'm that's not true. the believer. Yeah, that's true. I think we've seen Deshaun, it all from Brad Brownell. Deshaun, I, Deshaun, I just tend to say things. I can't really back <laughs> anything up. So that's okay. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. The beautiful thing is. I won't compare what uh, what opinions are, but I will say that everybody, I will say that everybody has one. That's the beautiful thing. Whether we agree to disagree or whether we disagree to disagree, I think that that's all in the fun of doing this, man. And uh, 
Uh, I will say enough to say that uh, what direction is it going in? I'm not sure. I mean, we used to talk about ACC, and I'm not trying to compare this because I'm a, I'm a Sparty guy or whatever, what have you, but we used to talk about ACC Big Ten Challenge, and it was like Big Ten just didn't stand a chance yeah. for probably about yeah. 10 years. Yep. Okay, and then it gradually started becoming a little bit more balanced, and it's like the Big Ten just kind of took off. And so uh, the years that we've seen out of Carolina and back-to-back years, I mean, Duke didn't look amazing last year or anything like that. Right. Uh, you know, in the kind of year they're having this year, and when you're sitting there looking at the top of the league and you got Virginia Tech, you got Clemson, and Louisville, who's still a little on the shaky side, I'm, I don't get a good feel for exactly where it's going because not only is this the ACC, but this is the ACC that we, I have a good feeling. We all kind of grew up seeing the ACC outside of the Big East as like that very dominant mm-hmm. uh, conference when it comes to college basketball. And while I, while I am a little bit concerned, I do ultimately think that it will be okay once we get to a point where uh, life becomes a little bit more balanced and regular for everybody, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I think... Well, I wouldn't, Mike, hey, Mike, let me throw this in yeah, here, too. This is something that we haven't talked about. Is you know, we're trying to project teams, who's going to be in, who's going to be out. The bottom line is this, is we, right now, would have a hard time just saying that these teams are going to get through the schedule. Right, sure. You're seeing teams go on pause. Villanova's next three games are, 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 are postponed. So what, what is the schedule going to look like? Is it going to be lopsided for certain teams? Uh, I think that is a major, major issue. Now, I'm hoping like heck, you know, and I feel like we will get through it, but that, to me, that's going to be part of it as well. Yeah, I think, um, well, to to Deshaun's point, um, I I don't know who did it today, but somebody tweeted out the the next, like, 10 games for the Indiana Hoosiers over the next couple weeks, and... I think all 10 or 12 games were against top 20 teams. And that's that's the Big Ten that you're looking at this year. It's absolutely insane. People are projecting 12 and 13 teams from the Big Ten making the tournament this year. That's absolutely unheard of. Um, to Chimp's point, this was a question or an issue that I brought up with Kevin Sweeney when we had him on. And, and he, he, he admitted that he didn't have a good answer. The NCAA Tournament Committee has a hell of a job on their hands this year because... How do you evaluate a team that maybe only got 17 or 18 teams into the schedule against a team that maybe got 24 or 25 games into the schedule because of certain COVID concerns? Um, you know, you're seeing coaches take to Twitter um, to get games in during the out-of-conference just to, just to fill the slate. And how does that impact the net? How does that impact uh, other certain ranking systems that maybe the committee uses? It's going to be a very interesting year. Um, I, I, I'm very interested to see how they how they fill at this tournament, and I think that's that's a main proponent in why they're talking about expanding the tournament to to 80 teams, which I don't think is necessarily going to happen. But I think that's why they're doing it, so you know they can they can kind of save on the evaluation process, which is going to be tremendously skewed this year. Well, I, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what, what, what one thing that might help. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, no, that, there's no way we can do this. This is crazy because there's really not going to be an ideal way logistically that you can really do that based on teams and net rankings. And I think at one point we were doing all the quadrants, mm-hmm. quad mm-hmm. one, whatever they were making up. Listen, why not do this thing based on whoever the committee is and just kind of find a balance with this whole thing? 
we really need to go by more eye test than anything anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, let, let's let's let, let's get into an agreement amongst those that 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 are on the committee and and find that balance amongst everybody, the consensus amongst everybody, and place some of these things based on the eye test. We know that everybody's going to have a different opinion and so forth. Sure. I like to think that, that we can find a happy medium in the middle, some kind of gray area of sorts. But that's what we all kind of do anyway. How many of us really sit back and look at these teams when it's time to fill out these brackets? And granted, maybe I'm just one of them that don't and everybody else does. But I tend to go by eye test so much more anyway. I mean, and that's part of the bigger problem that we have with some of these uh, high-level recruits and so forth. Who's saying this guy's a five-star? And who's saying this guy's a three? And what is it based on? And even the NBA draft isn't even based anymore on being able to come out of college and go to the league and be able to contribute right away. Mm -hmm. Everything has instantly become about a guy being a project and you're drafting him and then you're stashing him for two, three, four years and trying to build him and do all this and see if he pans out that way. Listen, we need more eye tests with this thing. And I know that that just sounds really, probably really stupid to a lot of the analytical people and whatever else, what have you, but let's be realistic about what we're looking at here. How good is this? I don't care who, I don't care how many power six teams Clemson has beaten already. There's going to be some teams that you're just not going to take Clemson against. Even if they've only played two or three games this year, you're just probably not going to take Clemson. So, and that's not a knock on Clemson, but just more of an example. I had to throw, you know, Brad Brownell in there, uh, (laughs) at you again, but just as an example, you know what I mean? And so I, I think that we should, I've always felt that college basketball and just basketball as a whole in general should, the eye test should hold a little bit more weight because when we start getting into all these analytics and computers and next thing you know it starts looking like the BCS system and all this, I just think that it's time to do away with some of that stuff and just really go off of the eye test. I really do. Yeah, I've I've never looked at a team's resume when I'm filling out my NCAA tournament bracket for the tournament contest. That's never been something that I have, that I've turned to for help. It's been what I've seen on TV and what takeaways I've come away with by watching a team, hopefully in multiple games. Um, Deshaun, I want to, I want to thank you for joining us. What we do to usually end the show is we do what's called putting the guest in the bonus and the chimp will ask you a series of questions just so just so our audience can get to know you a little bit better and then hopefully you know end up giving you a follow on your podcast and on Twitter and, and kinda, you know, up your profile with people who may not be fans of yours that follow us and, and vice versa. So um trying to do a little cross promotion there. So with that sure, said, look I'll, forward to it. I'll go ahead and turn you over to the chimp so he can put you in the bonus. Okay. Deshaun a lot of research went into this, okay? So, so, uh, so buckle up. <laughs> All right, question number one. A movie is made about your life. What is the title of the film and who and what actor plays you? Oh, goodness. Um, wow. Ooh, and I'm not even a movie person like that. Um, the name of the title... Uh, oh. I would probably, just off the top of my head, I'd probably say Where Basketball Lives. There you go. go with that. I'd probably go with uh, Where Basketball Lives. In terms of who plays it, oh, boy, jeez, I don't know. Um, 
I, I, don't, I don't do a ton of different movies, and so I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure how to answer that one, but I will tell you this. I would love to see, even though the, probably the, the lookalike comparison probably is, is very, very off-base, obviously, but I'll just go with my favorite actor. I'd like to see Denzel play Deshaun Tate in Where Basketball Lives. That would really interest me a lot. Hell yeah, it interests me too. <laughs> Good answer, Captain. He thinks quite highly of himself there, Michael. <laughs> well, I'd like to think that yeah, I'd like to have Denzel play me. I mean, hell. <laughs> Good. Can, I well, play, can I play me? Is that a possibility? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, who who would nail it better, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't probably be nearly as good of an actor. Maybe a talker, but not much of an actor. <laughs> All right, quest, question number two. Uh, your favorite athlete as a kid and your favorite athlete right now? Um. Well, as a kid, uh, I don't know why I really – I went through my phases, you know. So I, 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 while I'm a bad boy piston, uh, and that's for life, uh, I've always had a thing for uh, for for uh, for Isaiah Thomas, for Zeke, obviously. But if I can remember back maybe a little bit further now, uh, don't ask me why, number 24, Tom Chambers. I don't know what it was with my Phoenix Suns guys between him and, and Kevin Johnson. I always like both of those guys a lot. Um, and right now, I think that guy is easily Steph Curry. I like to I like to keep it within the light skin guys, especially the night that he had last night, sixty two last night, man. Yeah. sixty two last night, dude. I mean, you can't go against that. I love everything he stands for. Family man, married with the children. I mean, just clean guy. I feel like he plays the game the right way. One of the best shooters, if not the best shooter that we've ever seen. I've been watching him since Davidson and knew he was going to be a star, but I'll I, I tell you what, one last thing is um, maybe not selfishly, but maybe a little bit biased because uh, we have a pretty decent relationship, but learning what Trey Young is about and the type of player that he is, I really like him a lot while Luka is really growing on me as well. Nice. Uh, the best part of the answer was Tom Chambers. He has <laughs> one of the greatest dunks in the history yes. of NBA that gets no pause at all. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. All right, question number three. You are asked to join both of these, but you can only pick one. Inside the NBA on TNT or ESPN College Game Day and Studio Work? College Game Day, easily. Not even close. Not even close. That might have been the easiest answer that I've had, the fat or the fastest answer, rather, <laughs> uh, that I've had out of any of them. That's that. That's the pinnacle right there, man. We can, uh, if I get to that point, man, give me the family, this and that, and, and, and the, the kids, you know, grandkids, whatever, married, whatever, this and the other, and, and then we can bury me soon after that, man. That'll do it for me. Well, Michael and I both have your phone number, so if you get to that point, you can expect your phone to ring, just so you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, no, no. Why, why, do, why do that when I'm bringing you with me? There's no need to. Oh, now we're talking. No now we're talking. I bring, yeah, I'll bring you over. Why not? All right. Number four. In your bio, you say you are a magazine collector. Mm -hmm. What is your most treasured magazine? Ooh, uh, uh, I'm not sure that I have a most threat. Oh boy. Uh, I, 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 so I've got this college basketball encyclopedia, uh, for a long time. I replaced it with my pillow. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I definitely do have a thing for, uh, the 
Athlon, uh, I, I like Athlon a lot. Yeah, not, not to poo poo on the others, Lindy's and so forth, but I do like Athlon a lot. Um, mm, I have so many. It's like I live by them, man. They're like Bibles for me. I, I, I think that the easiest answer for me is, is probably my encyclopedia, my college basketball encyclopedia, and that's not even a magazine, but I guess it is in my own little world. All right, good enough. Well, you mentioned the the Bible, and you are obviously a spiritual guy based on looking at your Twitter. Sure. Give us, give me your favorite inspirational quote. Um, favorite inspirational quote. Um, could be a Bible uh, verse if you want to use that. I'm going to probably go with, uh, I, w I went through some really, really tough times, uh, probably about 12, going on 13 years ago now, and a really good buddy of mine named William Witherspoon, um, he once told me to, you know, he asked me, hey, Tate, man, how you doing? Things getting better for you, so and so forth. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm all that great, man. He says, you know what, sometimes we won't always know how to be strong until being strong is the only choice you have. Nice. So I, I think that that's the one that I'm going to go with, and uh, I definitely try and pay it forward, leaving that little bit of inspiration with other people that tend to go through some trials and tribulations. So I think that's the one. Beautiful answer. All right, uh, going to debut a new type of question here. Oh, it's very easy. Going thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm going to say a name. You give me thumbs up or thumbs down. You ready? I'm ready. Bill Walton. Thumbs up. It thumbs used to be thumbs down. down. God damn. It used to be th it used to be thumbs down. It used <sighs> to be thumbs down. Now it's thumbs up for sure. Not even a question. I'm glad you asked me that. By the way, I'll talk about. It. <laughs> Pretty he asked me that. I'm he a, asked you that just to piss me off. Is why he asked you that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit because I'm a thumbs up guy and Michael's a thumbs down guy. So, all right, all right. Next name: Grayson Allen. Thumbs down. <laughs> We're back. All right. Next name: Josh Pastner. <laughs> what a fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I better say, and I know no, no, no. Um. I've got a different kind of res <laughs> In terms of what? What are we talking about here? Uh, just thumbs up or thumbs down. You can answer any way you want. In terms of a person, he's thumbs up. For sure. I, I, I fully believe that. I think Pastor's a good guy. If you want to pass on that one, I can go to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pass and come back to me. i got to get that one some thought. <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris Weber. Chris Weber, thumbs up. Had a really not, a lot of nice things to say about Tom. Thumbs up for sure. Dan Dockage. <laughs> um, Dockage coming up on takes take the podcast on Friday. Nice, nice. Um, thumbs up, thumbs up for Dockage. It, it takes some time to get used to, kind of like one, but I'm giving him a thumbs up for sure. And by the way, uh, we'll go thumbs up for Josh Pastner. Not that okay. I had to think about it that long. I got two more quick ones. Uh, Pat, Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, thumbs up. Two of them. I like it. All right, last one. Texas in the Final Four. Whew, down. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go thumbs down, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm giving it a thumbs down because I've been giving it a thumbs up over 
and over and over and it never happens. So I say thumbs down only for the sake that I hope that I am by me giving a thumbs up and they don't do it. This time I give it a thumbs down. I really hope that they do it. Now that they've gotten the 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 um um who am I thinking of? Tennessee Rick Barnes. I, I just thought that he was so much of a regular season coach that just used the Mike Budenholzer of college basketball. <laughs> nice. Okay, I know he can recruit and do all that. When it comes tournament time, I get it. You got one cute TJ Ford led. Final four, it just wasn't enough for me. I really want this, this for Shaka Smart. He's light skinned, by the way, and we kind of look like just that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do it. I hope they do it. I really yeah. do. All right. Last, last question. Question number seven. This is a would you rather. Okay. Would you Would you rather be banned from watching any basketball for 12 months or – would you rather be Jim Harbaugh's personal assistant for 30 days? <laughs> can I play basketball? Yes. Or am I just you, can, you cannot it? watch it. You just cannot watch it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't do Jim Harbaugh, man. I just, I just can't. There's no way. I mean, I just. I can't do it, dude. I just. Listen, I just can't do it. I, 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 no basketball for me, I guess. Well, you ended on a tough one, and man, you've been a great sport. And I've been doing <laughs> listening to you, Deshaun. It's, it's really nice to meet you, man. Thanks. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it, man. Anytime, and uh, looking forward to hopefully doing this again soon. Absolutely, man. I, th- I thank you for taking the time, and I appreciate you uh, dropping that uh, that lead for uh, Dockage. I can't wait to listen to that. I'm going to have to tune in for that. Oh, for sure. I'll be sure to send it over. But friend for Schiller tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. Dan Dockage, on, uh, Dan Dockage will be on Friday. So at Takes Take Hoops on the Twitter, uh, where basketball lives, and of course, Takes Take the Podcast anywhere you find your favorite pod. I really appreciate you guys. I had so much fun. And and this is not to you know kind of poo poo anybody else's podcast, but this is some of the most fun that I've really had in a long just fun uh, that I've really had in a long time with you guys, man. Very knowledgeable guys, and I love what you guys got going on, and man, keep keep going for it. I appreciate it, man. Have a great night. You as well. Thank you. That was first time um, um, guest Deshaun Tate, and why it took me. A hundred and whatever episodes to have Deshaun on, I do not know. I promise you that I will have him on again. Um, I was, <laughs> you know, I got to admit, I was worried a little bit early on in the podcast that he wasn't, he wasn't get, coming along with with my and Chimp's, you know, brand of humor. But uh, I think I was wrong on that, and he started to come around towards the end. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I really appreciate Deshaun. Uh, for joining us tonight. I thought it was a really fun show um, having a guy that we've never had on before. So um, I, I love to meet new people through this business. Um, he was a, he was a delight to have on. I look forward to having him on again. Uh, as always, shout out to the chimp. Um, as always, shout out to you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, like, rate, review, follow, share the podcast. Jump on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us five stars. Leave us a comment. And uh, we always appreciate the time that you guys take 
to, to do such things. Um, I do not have a guest lined up for next week, but I will be working on it. We're going to start bringing the show back to being a regular thing um, after taking some time off for the holidays. I appreciate your patience, um, both with us and, and as well as with college basketball as, you know, night to night, we're not really sure what we're going to get. So um, we will try to try to make, remain consistent while the schedule, unfortunately, remains inconsistent. As again, I appreciate you guys. Later.